0: Cochrane here with Eddie Webb.
1: Hello. And not
0: Matthew Dawkins once again. So, you know, it happens. Uh, We're all adjusting as best we can to the new state of things. Uh, (laughs) (sighs) As with uh, most of our recent episodes, we definitely might have some more background noise than usual just because we've all got people at home. I know Eddie's got people doing teleconferencing in the background. Uh, I've got someone who might be making dinner soon. I have a cat who's currently eating not eight feet from me. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, you had lawn people before.
0: Yes, I had, I had lawn people who, thank goodness, left like 45 minutes ago because I was sitting here going like, if they're going to be here while I'm recording, that's going to be the most obnoxious droning sound to cut out. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie. Exactly. Eddie, you're not helping now. Um, I'm helping. So just for transparency, we were originally going to do another part of our Scion actual play. Uh, that did not mm-hmm. happen. Uh, But luckily, we had some friends step up and agree to an interview very last minute, which is awesome, but they are the kind of awesome people who can do things very last minute that somehow turn out really well. So hopefully this episode (laughs) will turn out really well. Uh, So we are here with two of the three uh, main folks from Gehenna Gaming. Unfortunately, Rick Wheeler couldn't join us. We are here with Ian E. Muller and Mark Q. Anderson. So hello, Ian.
2: Hi, Thank you for having us, and you set that up way too well because you're like, oh yeah, no, they're really good at pulling things off last minute, and I'm like, oh God, oh God, oh no, oh no.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And hello, Mark.
3: Hello, hello. Last minute is definitely part of our brand, that's for sure.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Gehenna Gaming run a lot of V5 games at conventions. Uh, they also run a lot of other games online. Their Twitch channel is Gehenna Gaming. Um, they do a lot of just talks during the week, which I really enjoy. Like, they'll do some GM advice. They'll do breakdowns of cons they've been to. Um, they're just fun to hang out with. We met them at PAX Unplugged last year and became friends. And then we forced mm-hmm. them to come to midwinter. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> <At> on
2: <some point. laughs> I I was told by several people, like, you're coming to Midwinter, right? And I was like, oh, uh, uh, yes, yes, I guess so.
1: I mean, there's a question mark at the end, but it's really just more for for politeness sake. It was
0: just (laughs) funny because it was like two months from meeting all of you to to when Midwinter happened. And we're all like, so you're coming, right? Because we had fun hanging out with you. You should come hang out with us some more. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Uh, they also are behind the recent virtual Huracan that I've talked about on here Um, All the Mm -hmm. videos for that are up on YouTube now If you missed any of the panels or any of the actual plays I think there's like one or two maybe still missing, but they're going up soon. Am I correct? Yes, yes.
3: we have a couple that need to be threaded together um, But I think two are the only ones that are missing The other ones are all up there between the actual Mm -hmm. plays and the panels
0: Awesome, so with... I'm going to stick with our Onyx Pathcast tradition here, and I'll ask Mark first. How did you get into gaming, and how did you get into Onyx Path slash White Wolf adjacent games? Okay, so I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna tell a, a tiny little story that I've never told before. I love tiny um, little stories. Whoa. Yes, exclusive, yeah. exclusive. Oh, I'm exclusive.
0: excited.
3: <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, so my very 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 first game was Dungeons and Dragons with my parents, um, mm-hmm. and it was with I believe there was the with the red box. Uh, My stepfather at the time brought Mm -hmm. it out and said, I want to play this game because I used to play this when I was a a young nerd. Um, And I'm this, you know, kind of younger goth kid saying, yeah, sure, whatever. Playing it with my parents was pretty cool, uh, but it gave me a little bit of the itch and I wanted to play other games, but I was also a little bit of a rebel and I wanted to do something completely different. So why not just Mm -hmm. get into Vampire the Masquerade? Um, So really, that was the first game that I really cut my teeth on. Um, No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) really
0: sank your fangs into it
3: oh yeah (laughs) um and this was actually in florida so um at the time it was you know dungeons and dragons wasn't as evil as vampire the masquerade was especially with all the uh, rumors of murders and everything else. So it was a very cool, yeah. uh, cool hobby.
1: To get the
0: Vampire kids. Panic was a whole thing. Like Eddie's told stories about it before when they were LARPing back in the day, and just yeah. mm-hmm. when it was like literally banned in some places. And <laughs> it's like, oh uh, yeah. we're just pretending to be vampires. We're not murdering people. <laughs> like,
3: I swear, it's much more um, nerdy than you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. We're really nearly as cool as you are. think we are. That's
0: that's the thing that I think a lot of the vampire players, like when I was playing in the late nineties early 2000s it's like we all we, we all felt cooler than the D kids because yeah. you know combat boots and leather trench coats whatever but really we were possibly bigger dorks
3: oh my god yeah. um
0: because we were just walking around like that as if it were okay uh <laughs> have you ever seen Although, have you
3: ever, have you ever pulled up pictures of yourself like back in the day when you thought you were so cool you had you're all decked out And you're like, okay, I have this image of myself of how awesome I was back in the day. You look at the picture, like, oh, my God, we were just, you know, pimpled, greasy-haired nerds. Oh, geez.
0: Oh, my God, yeah. Like, in my brain, I looked like all of the, like, cool chicks from cool goth bands that I loved. Like yep. I was I was Rasputana and I was <laughs> all the women in crew Shadows and I was Aria and like all these Goth tricks that I thought were just the most beautiful people ever. And then I look back at those pictures and I'm like, I was such a dork. Yeah, oh, Luckily yeah. there are very few pictures. Um also funny part of your story, I'm actually wearing a D Red box shirt right now. Ooh. <laughs> that's, that's the t shirt I have on. That's my that's my quarantine costume. Um, it's, it's all connected. So was that in the like late nineties early two thousands era? Yeah, was- I that was more. That was around uh, mid mid to late nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're like similar in age, but you're a little older than me, I think. So for me, it was like I was fourteen and ninety nine, and that's kind of when I got into it. Because before that, I I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't have money when I was eleven to go buy vampire books at Barnes and Noble. Yeah, I graduated. <laughs> I graduated in two thousand one. So that. Okay. Like, yeah, it's like a two year age difference. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. a cool way of me not telling my age, but telling my age. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I mean, n- no one knows if you graduated early or late or what. Like, it's just don't know. Yeah. Um, so, Ian, same question to you. How did you get into both gaming and then also like White Wolf, Onyx Path, whichever kind of games?
2: Oh lord. Um, so, getting into gaming was I was I was definitely the nerd the nerd in my school, like the nerd. I, I grew up in super rural upstate New York, mm-hmm. and D and D wasn't really a thing gaming wasn't really a thing mm-hmm. but i was that like i i know how to build computers and i play games and one of this kid the, the one of the like kids who was like smoked pot and was kind of cool it <laughs> was like hey i want to play baldur's gate on my pc can you help me like install it and i was like okay sure so we started hanging out and then i found out he was a giant D nerd and i was like wait well, hold on a minute i want to play this <laughs> game and i don't know anyone to run it <laughs> so i just started playing one-on-one games with this guy um when I was like 11 or 12 and Mm -hmm. from there it kind of expanded I got into werewolf first surprisingly um, considering Mm -hmm. how big of a vampire fan I am Um, and from there I think I picked up the core book for vampire in 1999 never played it and I ran it ever since like it's been my core game
0: you are one of those like wow. eternal GMs from what I've seen. Like when we were doing virtual Harakhan, not not to bounce too far ahead, but you were so excited to play in the V5 Dark Ages game. And <laughs> it was partially because you wanted to play with with all the people that we were playing with, but partially I think it was just because you were like, "I get to play! I get to play a game!"
2: It, it was really, <laughs> it was like a hundred percent that I I am the yes eternal GM. I have played I have run thousands of games, and I've probably played in about a dozen. If you see the look wow. in your face
3: during during that um that actual play of vampire, you, the grin that you had the entire time,
0: yeah, yeah, you had the time of your
2: life. I, I was just so tired. damn happy to be there. I was also very <laughs> tired
0: well also like you had messaged me a few hours prior and you were like someone had to drop and i want to play but i'm not sure they're gonna let me and then when you popped on the email thread or whatever like three hours later i was like oh they're letting him play
2: Aww. <laughs> i i had to i had to ask uh, rick and mark i was like okay so uh josephine and courtney both can't play do you want another player and rick was like i don't care and i was like I, do i ask do I do I, do, I, <laughs> do I, do I? let him do I let him invite me? And then he was like, Do you wanna play? And I was like, Yes, yes, I wanna play. Please let me play. <laughs> so
0: um I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the message I sent to you the night before when I found out that Iffeine Wadaway was gonna be there was like, So I will murder somebody for you if you let me <laughs> play in this game. Which was and then, hilarious. And then you were like, Oh, it's at midnight, and I'm like, I'll I'll do it. Mm-hmm. I'll stay up.
2: <laughs> and we had already talked about asking you to be in it too, which was the hilarious part about that. Oh you my god, yes,
0: <laughs> that's funny. All right, so let's let's get back a little bit before yeah. we get too into VHC. So, y'all, like, this is for either of you. You can decide amongst yourselves how to take this. But what is Gehenna Gaming exactly? Like, did, and and explain it like you would to someone who's never heard of it. And also, how did you all get started and kind of find each other?
2: Ooh, uh, I'll let. Do you want to sp- mark? answer the what is Gehenna Gaming because he's our VP of marketing and he's better at it than me but I'll take on the how do we get started question
0: <laughs> can I say that yeah. I love that you have someone named Mark who does your marketing yes. yeah
3: it's uh, it's my it's my cross to bear on a daily basis because I'm also working at a, a marketing agency so that joke happens often
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry I'm so Don't sorry be. for perpetuating it it like no. actually <laughs> brought me joy
3: I got to say, I like that a lot better because my last name is Anderson. Um, I like that better than Mr. Anderson, which happens often because of The Matrix. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I I have
2: 100% made that joke, so I apologize. (laughs) Yeah, you have.
3: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, so Gehenna Gaming. Um, Essentially, what we're doing is we're exploring traditional role-playing games um, through the lens of horror. Um, we're dedicated to providing, to providing unique horror gaming experiences, not just to players of tabletop games, but also fans. Um, Mm -hmm. this includes tabletop games and live action role-playing games, um, LARP and everything in between. Sometimes it butts in a little bit in video gaming, depending on, um, who you're talking to and and what day of the week it is, say Thursday. And Um, so what we're trying to really do is we're trying to make sure that every single player that comes to our table, um is not only enjoying and digging in the games that we really love, but also having an experience that can, they can take with them, a unique experience that enhances their home game. So this includes um, partnering or, or connecting with with uh, game developers or, or, or uh, game publishers to try to get a little bit more information or maybe some um, you know sneak peek info, some new content that's coming out soon so that we can incorporate in our games. But at the same time, when we're running games at conventions, um, we're really kind of having a little bit of a white glove service, bringing people to their tables, making them feel like guests. Mm-hmm. Um, And at the same time, making everybody feel welcome, um, everybody feel included and ensuring that we're perpetuating and bolstering um, a culture of openness, um, civil liberties and, um, you know, inclusion.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing I was impressed by when we met y'all at PAX Unplugged was that every single person that came by our booth that had played with you said it was amazing. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I have had, you know, I, I have I, I seen other groups run games You're like, yeah, it was okay. Or like, I don't really know that they knew what they were talking about. You know, like, it, it happens. Like, not every storyteller is perfect all the time. Yeah. And sometimes when you're hiring people to run games at a con, you might have somebody who says they can do more than they can. But every single player that came by, and there were a lot of them. Um, I mean, I know y'all saw some people over and over again that weekend, but there were a lot of unique faces and every single person was like, oh, we just played V5 with them and it was so much fun. Ah, I want to learn more about V5. Ah. And it was just like, OK, like, this is cool.
3: The cool part about that is that a, a lot of the people um, and, and I don't know, I was at a certain point I lost count because I, we, we thought we were going to have a countable number of people, um, but we just had to do the math afterwards. Um, but I was counting one by one at some point to try to get information about how experienced are you. Um, in tabletop gaming, how experienced are you, in Vampire, and what is your addition? So we had a bunch mm-hmm. of people, a lot of people, who were obviously um, super into V20. Um, right. Quite a few mm-hmm. of those people were very, very apprehensive about V5. So there were people mm-hmm. that were coming in and saying, I guess I'm going to try V5, um, with a little bit of a doubtful entrance. And as they're walking out, super engaged, super happy, and now playing V5, which kind of warms my little black heart um yeah it is very cool
0: i mean getting anybody like getting people into a game like that is is really awesome also from what i've I've just seen from talking to you and talking to some of your players is that y'all are really good about safety tools as well which when you're playing a game like v5 or any horror game really is super important yes it's important to all gaming but i feel like when it comes to horror it's especially important to worry about safety tools um and that's that's something that I think I Ian had a story about running things at PAX East and had a couple people that were a little bit like eye rolly about it, but overall it was, it was okay. Like most most people just glommed onto it.
2: Yeah, they we had a few people who were like, "Oh, it's a consent form," and nine times out of ten, when you explain why you're using the consent form and what its purpose is, they change their tune. Um, yeah. That that one out of ten is a is an edge case and you know we don't that's the thing we deal with separately but thankfully most people are very cool with it um and once you talk them through it they're like oh okay i get i understand why you're using it i understand why this is important because it's not about me it's about everyone at the table
0: so how, how would you talk somebody through that
2: Ooh. um it depends on the game I'm running a little bit because it depends on the themes. But essentially what it is, is we use this consent form. It is it is modeled after the Monty Cook consent form and the mm-hmm. PDF that they released for free, which we highly encourage people to check out. Um, but what we do, we modified it slightly to cover any of the topics we could think of that would be involved in a horror game specifically.
0: Right. Is that the same one that I got a Google form for, for VHC?
2: Yes,
3: it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, we we kind of jumped on the the conversation that was going on about that particular piece. Um, Mont Cook, Monty Cook's um, consent form was was extremely inspiring to us because then it's sort of like, oh, okay, we can really dive into some serious deep horror while having everybody kind of uh, all buy in.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. the 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 idea was uh, this is something that we can. Take on, move forward with, and then evolve if we need to. Um, so how I how, how I introduce it at a table is we use this forum to understand. Are there any topics in any spectrum of gaming and horror gaming specifically that you don't want involved in this game? Um, there are, you know, it involves relationships, um, romance, sexual topics, uh, every aspect of and subgenre of horror you can think of, as well as real world world topics like homophobia, transphobia, ableism, um, all of those things. They're all they're all on there, and we explain we won't be covering those topics in this game necessarily. Not all of them will come up. Our games don't focus on them, but in case another player brings it up or it happens to be an NPC that is vaguely involved in it, and that's something you really don't want to deal with in your game at your gaming table, we need to, mm-hmm. we want to know, and we want to be able to curate this content for your session.
0: I think what I liked about it for the Google Form too was that there was a box at the end of every section where you could explain yourself. Mm -hmm. So like I put, you know, yellow or red on a lot of like homophobia, ableism, all that stuff. Um, And then at the like in the box, I was able to say like, I'm not actually opposed to this as long as it's an NPC who is clearly an asshole that I can punch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if there's a racist NPC that I can punch, then great. Like, I just don't want someone to be racist toward my character that I can't punch.
2: That's how I always just dis- explain it when we use it for our internal games. I'm like, yeah, no, you can involve animal cruelty, but you better expect me to murder the shit out of that NPC.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: exactly. Because then you get to feel, you know, righteous. <laughs> then I will feel fantastic.
3: It also allows you to like um, modify your game too. Uh, one of the things that you know, for example, we had a, we have an actual play of, of Cult Divinity Lost, and that's a mm-hmm. that could be a very tough game for some people if you. Yeah, but it's very dynamic too, right? Like you can, you can have it be very light on the horror. You can have it be really, really heavy and, and gore porny, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, what is extreme to me might not be extreme to you and vice versa. So with the actual play that we launched, the original game that I kind of wrote started off with a pretty, I guess looking at retrospectively, um, slightly extreme suicide scene. Um, And one of the kind of yellow red lines that were that were mentioned in the um, consent form was involving suicide. So it it forced me to look at it and go, okay, I need to change this. And now that makes me more creative because now I have to find a solution.
1: Yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. totally.
1: I I completely agree. I mean, I I found uh, through my career in general that um, the more sometimes the more restrictions there are on something creative you're doing, the more chance you have to, okay, how do I make this thing work within now these much tighter constraints than I anticipated. And yeah. you, you're right. You find sometimes really creative. And sometimes uh, in my experience, a lot of game ends up being a lot better as a result.
0: I have a really weird, like, kind of like pin to put on that, which is that I really love the TV show Schitt's Creek. I don't know if any of y'all watch it. I have not. Um, mm-hmm. A big reason that I love it is because the creator Dan Levy said that no humor will ever punch down in the show. Mm -hmm. um so the obvious things of like the family being awful to each other doesn't really happen or you know the people in the rural town they live in being racist or homophobic that never happens like Mm -hmm. that is never the joke and that is never the butt of the joke like it's always punching up right and i think about the fact that i think the show is funnier than almost any other sitcom because i'm not cringing ever at a character Mm -hmm. um i mean yeah you are sometimes but like it's it's for reasons where you're like oh okay that's weird you're, you're a little weird but okay it's never like oh look at that you know racist asshole that they have to like confront or like mm-hmm. change like everybody in the show is just like yeah you're pansexual cool whatever um and it's it, it, it's other issues that they deal with and i think that by putting that constraint on his writers he got better material out of them oh for sure I mean, I think that, even, especially with comedy, you
3: know, I, I, I mean, Dixie, you know, I, I kind of like lowbrow comedy myself. But when I'm thinking about some of the, um, I guess, kind of like genius works, it's never its never really like the humongously self-indulgent, um, you know, non-censored, 100% edgy kind of comedy that that anybody really mm-hmm. ever talks about you know um no. because there, there used to be a little bit more regulation um and now we're we're entering this really interesting fun time of self-regulation um mm-hmm. which kind of provides a certain level of of kind of self-imposed and community-imposed ethics which i think is really cool to explore mm-hmm
0: Definitely. So I'm going to backtrack again, because this is the tangent show, as always, um, and ask how you two and Rick, who unfortunately, like I said, couldn't be with us. I wish Rick could be here, but also a three-person interview would be wild. Um, So how did the three of you kind of come together and decide to form Gehenna Gaming? Ooh, uh, Mark, you want me to tackle this one?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's all you, my friend. Okay. So uh, regrettably, Mark was actually not involved in the original foundation of Gehenna Gaming um we started as a four-person group that right around the time v5 was coming out and the, the original intent was we're gonna run four v5 games i had to think about that for a second because there was too many numbers <laughs> involved um that are all gonna overlap and they're, they all exist in the same general work continuity and Mm -hmm. players from one game can go to another game and play in it um that was kind of the original concept behind Gehenna Gaming we're just going to run like Mm -hmm. a a shared universe v5 chronicle where everyone was in a different city and they could overlap and they could do things together and players could bounce from game to game and we could have crossover games etc and that was a cool idea but as a cool idea as we uh expanded on it we realized that we could do a lot more um so we started working on different ideas. Some of the people who were involved at the time weren't into those ideas, and they they parted ways. Um, and from there, we kind of started expanding game systems. So we went, okay, Vampire is fun. We love Vampire. Mm-hmm. We're all super into it. But m- my personal favorite tabletop game is actually Call of Cthulhu. And I'm, I apologize for that a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but Why? I'm
0: not mad. Yeah. Um, Everybody's got favorites.
2: I was like, well, I want to run some Call of Cthulhu stuff. So we started, we started branching out. and We started doing different things. Um, we met Mark because he did some amazing design work for a crossover game that we did between two of our V5 games. That was a, a really, really good time, um, and that was actually how we met Mark. Uh, he came and played in it as like a kind of a one-time player, and then I invited him to join my ongoing V5 game.
3: Yeah, it's so weird. It's like um, this is I'm normally not really connecting with people in real life um, up until recently through digital means. Um, Right. I, you know, married my wife long before there's any kind of online dating. Right. So we kind of met normally. Uh, But kind of googling, I want to play with other nerds and what vampire games are going on in the area. That's how I how I found um, Ian um, and and Rick. So it was it's pretty cool to connect. And uh, the game that they were running was was so unique. Um, I've played in so many different games and so many different styles of GMs and having a situation where you're where you're sitting there um, with a bunch of people doing typical role playing uh, or typical Mm -hmm. tabletop. And there's essentially two tables sitting next to each other, multiple tables sitting next to each other. And then all of a sudden you break and it turns into a LARP and then you go back into dice rolling. Hmm. And it was amazing and invigorating and (laughs) very unique and um, I was struck by inspiration to be like hey listen let me help in any way I can
2: yeah Uh, that's super cool it was it was a fantastic time. And we, we actually we've talked about that crossover event a few times. Um I don't want to go into super super detail because I could probably derail the rest of the episode. Uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Derailing. That doesn't happen on the podcast. Um never.
0: No, we're always on topic and rehearsed <laughs> and know what we're gonna talk about before we hit record.
2: But um <laughs> Kind of bringing Mark on board was uh, the impetus for us to do more. I I can actually say that. I don't know if Mark knows that. Um, I don't. That's very sweet. We, that was our inspiration to be like, well, why don't we start running games at cons and start talking to game publishers and being like, we would like to demo your games for you. And and running them locally at cons that we've launched Twitch. So everything kind of built up very, very quickly from that point. And, Mm -hmm. uh... As I mentioned before, we, we changed kind of our core group of once or twice, actually. And right now we, we're sitting at Mark, Rick, and myself as the the founders and leaders of Gehenna Gaming. It, it, it's been a little bit chaotic, but <laughs> it's also been really fun kind of figuring out where our strengths lie and how much further we can take some of the ideas that we've had like mark mentioned the, the the hybrid moving from tabletop into larp in a single game was kind of something we didn't even think about doing until it happened naturally
0: so what was the timeline from that game bringing mark on to y'all like having a bunch of tables at pax unplugged all of a sudden Ooh, like how did quick, it like months. Um, four months Ooh, actu-
3: <laughs> yeah yeah about four four or five months yeah, y'all are y'all wow. are hustlers.
0: <laughs> like, wow. I don't know
2: how you did that. Well, I, I mean, I don't sleep. That's one yeah. Of the I don't tricks. either.
0: <laughs> so you're admitting right now on air that you are both actually vampires. That's what you're telling me. Yes,
3: 100%. Um, I would call myself a daywalker, though. Oh, I have blackouts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, have I have hazards. seen you
0: both in sunlight. So
1: have you? Have you?
0: <laughs> at at midwinter, yeah. You've seen p-
1: you've seen people claiming to be them. You've <laughs> seen, yeah. I don't think I don't think
0: you've.
3: <laughs> I think you you did not see me in daylight. 'Cause I unfortunately I couldn't go to midwinter. Yeah, you weren't there. But I was following like a fanboy, all updates. I'm like, Ian, give me more updates. What are you doing right now? What are you eating? <laughs> he was
2: like, Why are you wearing He's like, Why aren't you sending me photos? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> um,
0: Maybe I haven't seen you in daylight, Mark. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The first time we met not like the first time we met
3: was actually um, at PAX Unplugged when we were done playing right. game. So definitely was that nighttime. That was after well, midnight.
2: Huh. <laughs> It was after.
3: Midnight. I don't
0: know what happens at PAX Unplugged. It is a blur of like four days of booth and bar. I, and then booth and bar. I definitely only got
2: 13 <laughs> hours of
0: sleep that weekend.
2: So I, it is also very much a blur for me.
0: I will say that my PAX Unplugs My PAX Unplugs have improved considerably since uh Matt started putting me on the schedule only afternoon. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so you could sleep in. You inspired me to schedule myself for only afternoon. <laughs>
0: It's great. It's awesome because you can still hang out with people and like attend industry parties or get into random games or whatever until like two, three in the morning if you want to. And you can still get eight hours of sleep. Nope.
3: <laughs> so I'm, I'm, It's amazing. I'm such a control freak that, I mean, getting not enough sleep and just being there in the morning just so that I can make sure that, okay, are we set up properly? Are people saying what mm-hmm. they're supposed to be saying? Do they have the materials that they need? Da, 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 da. And, you know, I can kind of go in and do my control freak thing. Problem. Yeah, we
0: definitely have had moments where like someone took the binder of demo games back to their room because somebody else wasn't there at the right time, and then the next morning it's like, "Where's where's the binder? Oh, no. Where's, where's the time? demo? Where where are the things that we need?" No <laughs> <deal>. <laughs> um, But no, so so how was PAX Unplugged for y'all then? Like, how did how did that kind of come about? And because uh, that hmm. that was really kind of y'all's big convention debut, right? Yeah, it was. It was.
3: Um, we were, we were actually speaking with um, the fine folks at Darker Days Radio, um, mm-hmm. and, and Mike from, from Darker Days is an enforcer at, at PAX Unplugged, so that was one of the, um, I guess I don't want to call it connections, but one of the people that we knew that were, that were working it. Um, I actually have never been, Ian, I think you've been to PAX Unplugged before.
2: Nope. Um, not no. Unplugged. I've been really? to Pax a ton because I live in Boston, Same. but um, mm-hmm. no, that was actually my first time at Unplugged ever. So
3: we were, you know, thinking about, you know, revving things up, right? Like going from community um, engagement and helping people connect with other people and other GMs to play games, to bringing it up to the next level, right? Uh, to be mm-hmm. a little bit more serious and just provide a little bit more of an, a Premierium, excuse me, a Premier experience. Um, Premierium. Premierium. I like it. Yeah. I kind of want to, I kind of want to use that again. I like that. Yeah, same. The, pr- pr- the like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Premierium the Masquerade. Premierium the Masquerade. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so it was fairly quickly. I mean, you know, we're, we're all workaholics and possibly alcoholics and we decided to go to PAX Unplugged. (laughs) So when we, when we went, it was the, the people there are amazing. Not just the, not just the guests or the attendees, but the people that are actually running PAX Unplugged are so helpful and so wonderful that they made Mm -hmm. our lives so, so much easier. So doing our first con, felt crazy and fast and unusual and different and fun but it was not i wouldn't say it was hard and i, I that's all because of the enforcers that were so supportive during that entire process
0: yeah they're they're really great at, at all the packs that have been to like they have their their shit together and if you do need something they're pretty quick to try to help you find it um, or to Absolutely. help you find your way because every time that i tried to go find any of the demo rooms i was like i don't know where i am now because i'm so used to like one thing about working for a company at a convention, like, like, PAX Unplugged or Gen Con or whatever, is you pretty much see, like, hallway, your booth. Yep. yep. And yep. then that's it. Unless you have, like, an hour to walk around and then you do what you can, but then you see your booth. So whenever I would try to venture down, like, once they had me go, like, take something to our demo tables, and I tried to find y'alls at one point, I think, and I was just like, I don't understand these rooms in the downstairs. Like, I... I only know how to get to my booth
3: <laughs> it, it was right. vice versa for us. Like I, I only knew the dungeon, but upstairs where all the cool stuff was, I didn't know. So it took me probably about 20 minutes to actually find your booth.
0: <laughs> I, I had a couple of people who were like, I couldn't find your booth. And I was like, we have a like, 12 foot backdrop. Like what?
2: I have to say, I actually had to take Mark to your booth. <laughs> I was like, yes, it's over did. here. Come on, come here, come here. come yeah. here. <laughs> <Drag> him over. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ian was also one of the people who kept trying to seal the Cults of the Blood Gods manuscript off the table. Yes. I just yes. wanted
2: five minutes to sit down and read it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> five minutes alone with no one looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on yeah, my bunk. Yeah, because that
0: was the show where we had we had the proof copies of Chicago by Night. Mm-hmm. So it was the first time anybody had seen a hardback of Chicago by Night. Yep. And we also had the manuscript for Cults, and like people were just... Every convention we do, somebody will absolutely stand in the booth for, like, 30 minutes just reading as much as they possibly can before we're like, okay, we've got other people I don't, other I people don't, that want to look at things. I don't know why you have to attack me like this. <laughs> my, first, my first Gen Con, like, three years ago, I guess, my first Gen Con with Onyx Path, um, there was a guy who, like, after, I think, an hour or so, we just had to kick him out. We're like, okay, man, like... <laughs> other people want to use the table <laughs> like you can't you can't read the entire book today right i'm very sorry yeah i, I like have to...
3: to have like a bodyguard for the next uh for the next pre-release you know have someone mm. just standing over big muscly guy Yeah, but sunglasses
1: and an earpiece yeah, yeah.
3: I, vo-
2: I volunteer <laughs> <laughs> I don't wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> it was an inside job the whole time
3: can I can I throw a question to you guys actually? I don't want to derail this podcast, but this is something that I've never had an opportunity <laughs> to ask.
0: Oh no, we, we, we're at the table. Eddie, have, have we ever had a guest ask us a question?
1: No, I think this is the first time. It's the first, sorry. Yeah. 101 me. episodes in. Nice. I, I'm going gonna,
3: I'm gonna to make it a good one. Um, how did you get involved with Onyx Path Publishing?
0: Oh, my God. I think I think we covered this the first episode ever of the podcast, but it's been over 100 episodes. So we can definitely time. do like a quick recap. Um, mine is that I was a vampire fan and a White Wolf Games fan for many, many years. Um, I actually uh, dated a former developer of White Wolf back in like 2008, and eight, nine, somewhere around there. So I visited the offices. I like knew some people, whatever. Fast forward to 2015. I was out of college. I, I went to college late. I started college at like 26. Um. So fast forward to 2015. I had gotten out of college. I wanted to get into editing. I couldn't really figure out how to do so. Like that's literally what I was trying to go to school for, but it's really hard to break in. And I was talking to that person I used to date. And she was like, hey, like, do you want to try one of our projects? Because she was in the job that I currently hold. Wow. And I was like, yeah, sure. Um. And then... I don't want anybody to think that I got in purely based on nepotism. Like she did like my work and so has everybody else from what they've told me. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, So they liked my work. I I got more work with them, more work with them. And then when she decided to step down from the position in early 2018, uh, she put me up for the job as in-house developer. Um, I was terrified. It took me about a week to actually... Like tell Rich yes because I I was getting put in charge of you know Exalted which I knew nothing about uh, Chronicle of Darkness which I did know stuff about but I was just nervous I was like I'm just a freelance editor I can't do this but I've been doing it for a couple of years and I really really enjoy it so um, it's, it's it's not always been super easy but I've I've enjoyed every bit of it and Eddie has helped me out a lot he's uh, he's been doing this a lot longer than I have and Matthew's helped me out a lot and. Just, I think the three of us work really well together. Also, it is worth noting that uh, Rose, who held the position before I did, was doing the job of like three people. Oh, God, And yeah. I don't know how she did it.
2: <laughs> I, I know nothing about doing three
1: people's jobs. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, like, how hey, did this one more thing and one more thing? And suddenly it's like, oh, wait a minute. I don't do anything else except this. Maybe I should ease back well, yeah.
0: a bit because <laughs> like uh, especially like in the past you know, four years or so we've been expanding our line so significantly with scion and trinity dystopia rising they came from beneath the sea etc um there's no way she would have been able to keep doing this by herself
1: yeah. right yeah because when she was doing it it was basically just uh, world darkness chronicles darkness and exalted wow
3: and it's so, pretty big yeah. pretty big shoes to fill i mean like to to get in a position yeah. where you're i am going to be replacing someone who essentially does the job of three people um and that's a lot that's of-
0: That's why they replaced her with three of us. That's why there's me, Eddie, and Matthew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, it's
3: tri- call it the trifecta. But um, it's pretty cool to be doing it for, for you, Dixie, to be doing it for so long um, and so successfully. I mean, at least, at the very least, appreciate that. And give yourself a little pat on the back because I think that you guys yeah, are killing it. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I super enjoy it. And I mean, to be honest, like I was still working retail part-time until last year. Um, well, really mm. earlier this year. I, I, I was working very, very part-time. Uh, for the first little bit, I was at this job. Like that, 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 that was the hardest part actually was quitting my day job. Um, Cause I did like my day job. It was when I was working at Sephora, which I've talked about on here before. Um, but this was just such an opportunity that most people don't get to go full time freelance with a company that they love and coworkers that they love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to take it. Absolutely. Really cool. um, and Eddie, you can tell your story now because it really has been 100 episodes. So why not?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, wow so back in the before times
0: the before times <laughs>
1: right the ancient days no um uh i started uh working in the industry in 2002 as a, as a full sorry, freelance not full time oh, as a you know, night, nights and weekends freelancer um but i had been involved in the uh the camera fan club larp scene for quite a while uh, and um uh, they had white wolf had just done a live action version of vampire the requiem and so the LARP team was like, hey, someone are you going to do Werewolf and Mage and all these other you know, versions of, of the Chronicles Darkness games? Um, so uh, a friend of mine, who at that time was uh, the marketing director of White Wolf, uh, got in touch with me and said, hey, they're looking for someone to write uh, the Mage the Ascension, or sorry, Mage the Awakening live action rules. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm happy to be part of that team. And I found out the team was me. Um, so I, Rich Thomas was like, Hey, do you want to write this book? It's like, cool. Yeah. It's like, okay, I need you to write two hundred thousand words in <laughs> about a year, maybe. And I'm like, okay, who am I working with? It's like, "Lol." um, so I ended up for nine months writing a book by myself. Um, and it was a lot of fun, but it was also, even though I had been doing it by that time for about four years, it was still getting a whole more or less core book by myself was a huge task. Uh, so as my wife likes to say is that, you know, it was I, for nine months, I would come home from work. I would go upstairs and do mysterious things. And nine months later, a book came out. <laughs> um, you birthed the book.
0: a weird thing. The, the circle <laughs> of
1: life, you know. Um, but uh, during that, I actually got to talking with Rich about uh, things like um, digital publishing and print-on-demand because they were wanting to make uh, – they didn't think they could do a print run, a full print run of the Mage live-action rules. And so mm-hmm. they wanted to find a way to get it out to people without necessarily doing a print run. Um, And so we got into a lot of discussions about that. Uh, So fast forward to 2007, um, uh, there was a call put out for uh, the diary new vampire, the Requiem Line developer. I put my name in um, and then uh, at the time I found out that uh, Rose Bailey had gotten the job. Um, I was both pleased and disappointed, you know, because like, oh, hey, you do a great job, but also it wasn't me, Um, but then Rich actually I do want to talk to you because there might be another position you might be a fit for, um, which was alternative publishing. It was what they're calling it, which basically is someone who managed specifically POD and PDF products. So I hired for that at White Wolf, um, spent uh, about a year and a half doing that, migrated over to the late limited world arts MMO, um, but rich...
0: Thompson. and he knows so much about the canceled MMO that he won't talk about.
1: Oh my God, yes! Um, <laughs> all about the. Pain. I mean,
2: maybe, maybe we can ply you with alcohol and whatever else you want, and get you on our podcast to talk about it sometime. <gasps> well, you know, um, I, 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 uh,
1: you know, buy me a pug dog, and maybe we can talk. My mother runs a um, dog
2: rescue. Don't joke, sir.
1: That's true. He can make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. Oh We're doing this. <laughs> Uh, anyway but uh, yeah so um uh stuff happens in the middle there um but um like i said the whole time was rich was still uh uh, my my manager i mean his his manager at i was publishing thing became a manager i was working on content for the mmo um and then uh around 2011 i start hearing that he's going to go off and form Mm -hmm. Onyx path publishing um and he's talking about handling all the tabletop role-playing stuff and since i was one of the few people still at the company who knew how to do that we got to talking um and we had worked really well together inside the company and we'd worked on some transmedia stuff so um i ended up being the liaison to onyx path for a few years well so basically onyx path would say here's the manuscript. we need ccp to approve this and everyone ccp would shrug and i would Find the two or three people that actually need to give me some feedback. I get feedback from them and get back to your, say, yes, this is all approved or whatever. I've talked to the legal team. I've explained to them what a role playing game is and now you can do this. Um, and so <laughs> so when I got laid off, um, uh, even before I got laid off, actually, um, Justin wanted to step away from being the V20 line manager. Um, so I picked that up because we worked together on V20 core book. Um, so he did a couple of books, decided it wasn't for him. He had to focus on his new job. I picked up line manager stuff i got laid off rich said, hey do you want to consult for me full-time so i became you know i got a monthly stipend to kind of consult for him uh for a few years i was doing some other projects trying to i was still thinking i was working video games um that didn't pan out so i went to full-time freelance for myself and then after a couple of years it was just like hey you know Rosa moved on and so rich is like i need know to hire like 75 people to fill rose's shoes <laughs> <laughs> um and so i was like i'd like to be one of those people and yeah. so we've worked it out now i'm actually been a full-time contractor with for, with bonnix path for what two and a half years now so yeah, you, you were
0: know, brought on a little bit before me i think like like a month yeah something yeah like that. so one eddie plus one matthew plus one dixie equals one rose right. is the uh, equation that we can come up with here absolutely
1: yeah.
3: and it seems to be that that's around that time um, that's when things skyrocketed for you guys, because you know now Onyx Path is seriously a household name in, in tabletop gaming, especially tabletop horror. So uh, maybe there's some sure. magic in the bottle with three. I don't know. Thanks.
0: Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think that all the projects, like there are a lot of things that that Rose had started that we just kind of shepherded to the end. Yeah. Um, if 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 you're not familiar with her game Cavaliers of Mars or any of her other games that she's released on DriveThru, like Beautiful Anomalies, um, they are really good. And you should go check them out because she does write a lot of her own games still um Mm. and they're all very cool
1: no she is she is amazingly and intensely creative um yeah so i mean and and i also think it was a case of um like you said some things were kind of already in the works and, and things just finally kind of clicked into place um but also i mean some of it was i mean kind of to be honest um the transition from CCP to to Paradox to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Um, CCP didn't really know what to do with what they had. I mean, they tried to make a a video game out of it, and it didn't work. Um, So there's a whole lot of, now what do we do? And uh, when it goes to a company that, is interested in doing more with it, I mean, that, that's going to kick things into gear. You know, doing a whole new edition of Vampire and the Masquerade. great. I mean, something that we had actually been floating around for a while at Onyx Path like, maybe we could do a new version of the game. Um, but right. then Paradox is like, no, we definitely want to do one. It's like, okay, well then, cool, you guys do your edition of the game, obviously, you know, not do ours. But CCP was just like, eh, sure, I guess, I don't know, whatever. So, I mean, it's not to disparage CCP. It's just more they just didn't know. They had so many things going on, and they weren't sure what to do with it. Sure. Um, right. Paradox came in with a plan. So that also is a big part of it
0: right and i mean getting to work with them on the v5 supplements and stuff has been really great Mm -hmm. uh i'm a huge fan of chicago by night i think it turned out really really well um i'm a huge fan of cult of the blood gods i'm just I'm, i'm very excited about all the v5 stuff that we've been doing and uh you know We'll see what happens with any other upcoming stuff because we don't know.
1: <laughs> but, but now that we have fallen for a clever ruse and we managed to not talk yep. about Guyana Gaming for a while, now we should go back to that. I was,
0: I was gonna. So, so how about this? Speaking of V five, nice. let's talk there about virtual go. horror con.
1: Damn it, marketer onto us. <laughs>
3: I know. No, that's uh, first of all. Thank you so much. That's that's uh, quite a story and quite a journey. But, um, wow. Uh, and it's pretty amazing. But with Virtual HorrorCon, um, that's another wow, right? Like, we we were looking at a situation where, um, obviously, we're all kind of on lockdown right now, and there were conventions that were starting to be canceled, and we were starting to go, oh, let's kind of slow down on some of the local stuff that we were planning on doing. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, at this point, my work already started saying, you know, everybody work from home, and, um, you know, a lot of people were, were in the same boat. So, uh, we were kind of looking at it and thinking okay well what what the hell do we do like how do we feed that beast of you know that drunk hunger that we now have post uh, <laughs> packs unplugged in packs and you know how do we do this again um and i don't i couldn't even tell you like i'd love to take credit but i don't know who first had the idea um it was something that probably came out hmm. of an organic conversation between yeah. ian
2: myself and, and rick do you ian do you know who who first proposed it uh, i want to have humility but at the same time, I'm pretty sure it was me.
0: <laughs> um, well, so what, 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 what I was flabbergasted by there was like stay-at-home orders were starting to kind of happen like mid-March, yeah. right? Right. Um, I know that my my old roommates were like right right around the March like 20th, 21st thereabouts. I mean, I I went and ate in a restaurant with my boyfriend like the weekend before St. Patrick's Day, yeah. so. Yeah. It was not that scary, other than, but then y'all pulled off virtual horrorcon like two weeks later, <laughs> and that's that's what blew my mind was that like. We, you know, went from, oh, I guess that we should stay home more to like, oh, we're on lockdown. Okay, cool. To like, all of a sudden y'all had a completely full weekend of schedule, like like of, of, of panels and games going on at the same time. And some games that weren't streamed. So it was actually more than people could even see. And like, I I don't know how y'all did that. And it blew my mind. Well,
3: the overall concept was really just how do we recreate the con experience from the comfort of your own home screen. Um, right. Which includes, yeah. Um, which includes going through like the the vendor artist hall, right? It it includes, right. The tabletop games, but also includes like the panels and the actual plays, you know, and the some of the more Mm -hmm. um kind of interesting stuff that that goes on in a convention. So I think the one of the first things that we did was we started asking all the people that we've met over the course of the past year or two. hey, do you want to be involved? Uh, would you want to sit on a panel in front of your computer and have people talk to you about things? And hey, who wants to run games for us in our tabletop room, so to speak? Mm-hmm. And we had an overwhelming amount of people who said, yes, absolutely, yes.
2: I will yeah, elaborate a little bit on the, the second part there. We had already been in like the throes of Gen Con planning because yeah. we, we were prepping for a pretty to us sizable gen con presence um so mm-hmm. we basically mm-hmm. turned that around and looked at all of the game masters who had already signed up to do gen con and was like hey can you do this and i think all but two said mm-hmm. yes and then we just started adding on wow. to that as we were inviting more people to be involved with panels and we would say hey do you want to be on a panel and they were like yeah also i'm happy to run games and we we're like cool slot you in <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it was um, it was
3: disappointing because there were so many. We had we were vetting GMs, testing people, like having them run games for us to see, you know, what their play style is, so we can kind of uh, help edge their success during, you know, certain conventions and say, come on, join our our army of GMs. Um, and then it's sort of like, okay, sorry everyone, we we put you through all this shit and excuse me stuff. Can
0: I swear on here? Yeah, yes. you can okay. swear on here. I uh, fucking swear.
3: Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, we put you through. We all
0: fucking swear all the fucking time. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I also Um, already swore way earlier.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cool. So.
3: um so yeah so it, it, I, we felt bad right like we had so many gms that were like okay make sure you have everything prepared we're gonna go to vermont we're gonna go to this thing and we're going to go to oh
0: yeah because y'all y'all had a con coming up like real soon, real soon. like a, yeah
3: yeah so so we canceled it and um but we said we're not gonna go and then later on they said okay it's not happening but um and all of the gen con planning we're basically like listen we have so many gms all over the place why don't we just have them take part and yeah most of them said yes which is
0: which is great so how did you go about reaching out to some of the kind of better known folks you ended up reaching out to? Because I mean I'm 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 clearly a fan of If New Wataway. Um you had the the guys from the Rusty Quill on mm-hmm. there. Like how did that all come about? Was it like just Twitter and, you know, things happening? I know that I give you a couple of email addresses, but those were like our freelancers. So that wasn't as weird.
2: Um
3: take this
0: one.
2: Okay. Some of it was people we were already talking to. So like for uh, Iffy, I can 100% credit that to Josephine McAdam. Like we had yeah. already interviewed okay. Josephine. We had met Josephine and Alex at Pax East and we re- when we reached out to her to be involved, she was like, "Oh, hey, you should talk to Iffy." So she she connected cool. us. That so like people like Iffy, it was that. Um for some of the other people, it was just mm-hmm. because particularly rick particularly rick and mark will just like say (laughs) hello we're people and we want to talk to you and they just reach out i'm i'm a little more shy about that i think um (laughs) my introduction to you dixie probably is not indicative of that because i basically walked up and was like hi i'm Ian." but uh, (laughs) (laughs) um for a lot of it it's like you know reaching out to justin and uh some of the other people rick was that's kind of Rick's role. He's community engagement. So he was just like, I will email everyone, and he just does it. Um, Matthew Webb was another one of those people Rick, Rick connected with online just because he wanted mm. to. Um, so we just kind of connected, talked to people, were like, hey, this is the thing we're doing. Um, Rusty Quill is a good example of I had already reached out to them about something else that I don't want to talk about in too much detail right now. And that's <laughs> um, fine. <laughs> They, uh, so I just kind of followed up with that conversation. I was like, "Oh, by the way, we're doing this thing," and they were super into it because it's a charity event. Um, they knew they could help out, and they they wanted to be involved. So
3: we were awesome. Off- yeah.
0: And y'all, y'all raised how much for COVID nineteen relief? Over
2: seven,
3: over seven
0: thousand,
2: seventh over seven. It was like seven thousand three hundred and ten, or something like that. Yeah. Wow,
0: that's just so cool for your life. I mean, like once again, it's an event that you put on online. It's not like y'all have. a a million twitch followers right
3: no we're a pretty small twitch channel compared to some of the other channels that are out there
0: yeah so like this was y'all's community and also all the people who were involved coming together to kind of like promote it and you know whatever like i think that the lowest amount of people i saw on a stream at any point was like 90 like all the panels had good viewership so um, we were also in yeah, on,
3: ongoing con- conversations with people just to bring onto our Twitch channel. Like we had Mark Reinhagen for an interview just because I wanted to interview Mark Reinhagen. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, talking with Jason Carl, we, we speak with Jason Carl online, um, fairly frequently cause he's just an awesome guy. And, um, you know, sort of like, Hey, do you want to be involved? Um, and you know, trying to line people up for interviews, trying to line people up for, You know, some of the cool content things, see if there's other people we can even connect with and just meet because we're fanboys and want to say hi at (laughs) conventions. So it's like, well, we're already kind of talking to a lot of these people. Why not just ask? And what's the worst I'm going to say? Sorry, I'm not not available, which is totally fine. But the ones that did and, and were available, I think it did help to bring those numbers in. Um, Mm -hmm. but the numbers weren't really that important to us. Um, the amount of people, the eyeballs sure were, were, it was cool to have. And it's great that people, some people know who we are, some, um, but we wanted to do something, um, to really help with this COVID-19 thing and the world health organization partnering with the Swedish philanthropy foundation, um, and the other foundation, which I'm flaking on the name, um
2: the un foundation we can put it in the Thank
3: show you, notes. The UN foundation <laughs> there we go um they they came together to do like this it's interesting it's like this checks and balances but also let's kind of unite and try to raise money to help people and we kind of took mm-hmm. that and ran with it and applied it to to virtual horror
0: Con. right and that's that's so cool i mean i i saw a lot of the community because i'm i'm in you discord and everything you know hanging out um, I saw a lot of the community afterward and myself included just that they felt better after the weekend yeah. just because like seeing people and talking to people and in, in engaging with people on any level is just something that a lot of us were kind of at the two to three week mark of not really doing and going like eh, this is weird I need I need something and I don't know what it is and it turned out that was what it was like for for me personally like, putting on real clothes and makeup and doing my yeah. hair was, like, a mood lifter. Like, I, I dyed my hair the night before because it was super faded. And I was like, well, I can't be on camera with, like, bleachy, yellow, gross hair. And after I dyed it, I was like, I feel better. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like myself yeah. now. Like, my hair is the appropriate color. <laughs> like- I stopped shaving
3: when this whole quarantine thing happened. And I'm like, I guess I'm going to grow a beard now because that's a, an apocalypse beard thing. <laughs> And I was kind of excited about growing a beard, but ultimately it was coming from a pretty it was coming from a dark place, to be perfectly honest. Um, and it's coming from like the groundhog day that is working from home. And right. after a couple of streams, I'm like, oh, God, I need to shave. And I felt immediately, I mean, obviously it was like, okay, I can see my beard is growing through. I should probably shave it. But doing that gave gave it kind of gives you a little bit of a sense of, okay, i'm I'm in it, and everything's
0: gonna be okay, and we're just gonna keep going. yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's that, that's something like I, I we we don't do as many like Zoom meetings and stuff for Onyx Path. We do a lot of just voice only stuff, um, but we have done a, like town hall with some of our devs recently. We're gonna do another one, and even that makes me feel good because I get up and I fix my hair mm-hmm. and I like you know put on a little bit of eyeliner and I'm just like, oh hey, I look like a human. That's 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 cool because past that, it's like t-shirt cardigan pj pants slippers like you know <laughs> shuffling around the house clutching a mug of something hot all hunched over oh, i'm gonna I be mean...
3: i gotta get up i'm gonna be late for the couch
2: <sighs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> i know both mark and i our day jobs are essentially project managers for marketing slash like web development agencies so we're on video calls basically eight all hours day. a day oh yeah my God. yeah yep. uh, but i'm definitely like I throw on a t-shirt and I comb my hair or put a hat on and then I'm just sitting down at my computer versus virtual horror Con. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to like, I'm going to make sure I like paint my nails. Cause that's the thing I do and like actually yeah. dress and groom. And it was nice. It was a good escape. Uh, oh
0: yeah. That was your fault. Ian. The night before <laughs> virtual hurricane, I saw you post in the discord about painting your nails and I was like, fuck <laughs> now I got to paint my nails. And I did. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> And I,
0: I, I sat in the living room and watched TV and painted my nails because I was like, I can't let Ian have better nails than me. That's not, <laughs> that's not okay. I, I, you're the uh. third
2: person who said that to
0: me. And weirdly, since... When I moved, because I've 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 talked on the podcast before that I moved like very abruptly, kind of at the end of yep. March, just to get me into a better living situation. Um, one of the things I did bring, because I brought all of my train cases, was my train case of like just nail polish. So I was like, ha-ha, I can paint my nails. This is exciting. Right. And all the, and all I, I like
1: how I though. like how your response to this, Dixie, I like how you response this was kind of this nice blend of I feel better about myself, but also fuck Ian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that is the response that I am here for. <laughs>
0: So... We are getting close to time, but I want to ask each of you what uh your highlight was from Virtual Hurricane. You can pick a couple things if you want, but keep it keep it short. So Ian, what was yours?
2: My highlight was getting to play in a V5 game with yourself as well as Alex Ward, uh, Jacob, who is fantastic. We did not mention Alex or Jacob in our conversations about the the V5 game earlier, but both Alex Ward and Jacob Burgess were amazing and they were really fun to mm-hmm. get to play yeah. with, Um, and as well as Iffy, obviously. Um, that was really really like kind of the big highlight for me was getting to play that um but in it
0: a... even though both of us had to stay up until like three in the morning to make it happen
2: <laughs> I, I i'm the i don't sleep when i do cons and i just kind of adopted that role for virtual work even though i was in my own home be right beyond that um getting to talk to some of the industry folks that i haven't really met yet or um Mm-hmm. Had a chance to interact with was really nice, and especially because I was doing a lot of the production work, so I had a chance to talk to people off stream. So there, right. was, a, there was some some just back and forth there that was really nice. Um, and then I'll just throw this out there getting to interview Johnny and Alex from Magnus Archives was a huge highlight for me because that's my favorite podcast yeah. next to the Onyx podcast. If anybody is not,
0: <laughs> it's okay, you can have a favorite one that isn't us. <laughs> um, I will make sure I put a link to Magnus Archives in the show notes. Um, I, It is a fantastic podcast. As I was talking to Ian before we started recording, I have trouble listening to fiction podcasts, but he linked me to um, a wonderful trans like transcript version of yep. all of them. So I'm just reading them now as short stories, and that is also making me happy. It's so good. Um, although the, the hosts and all the actors on the show do a fantastic job of presenting them if you have the non-ADHD brain to listen to them. Um yeah, so Mark, what were your uh, highlights from BHC? I think the major,
3: I guess one of the major highlights were was to actually run panels. Um, you know, I ran mm-hmm. the the um, podcasting panel and um, Eddie, you know, the the wrestling panel that you were on. Um, yep. And I enjoyed the hell out of both of them. First of all, I was giggling like a little kid before talking with people, chatting with people, cracking jokes, and then once the um stream actually started really digging in and getting into it i really enjoyed the hell out of that i want to do it again and it was a lot of fun um just kind of like marking out with some people on wrestling and talking to some um you know actual play heavy hitters about podcasting and actual play um Mm because i'm you know i'm a newbie right when it comes to actual plays and we just launched our 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 cult game but i you know essentially i'm a new guy so getting this information from them and connecting them at human level is really cool um the other big part of it was also seeing, seeing people that I might not have known who they were before the virtual horror con talking on one of our panels, and like mm-hmm. there, there was, there were certain people who I'm like, I, I don't know who the hell this is, and now I do, and they're really cool, and I'm now digging into all the stuff that they've been working on, but I didn't know who the hell they were while they were talking on a panel on a con that I organized. How freaking cool is that? Like that's a yeah, it makes right? It feel big, you know um mm-hmm. So that was that was a big moment, just kind of understanding how big Virtual HorrorCon was, bigger than me, bigger than Gehenna Gaming.
0: I gotta say that for me, aside from doing the actual panels and actual plays that that I did, because uh, I did two V five games and then a panel on Chronicles of Darkness, I really enjoyed the art panel. Yeah, because I I, I work with these people, so I have seen Samaria's art and A. E. Wilkins's art so many times, mm-hmm. and I have never seen either of them speak before. <laughs> well, and it was fascinating to get to see Sam and Amy, like, talk about their their process, because mm-hmm. Sam Mariah's artwork is iconic yeah, for our stuff. Yeah, like, absolutely. he did a lot of our stuff. He did the King in Yellow yeah, as well, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 recent version, and his his artwork is so amazing. Weird. And I had just never seen him speak or, you know, like gotten to hear his perspective on things. So that was so cool to me to actually hear some of our freelance artists talk, because I so often don't interface with them. Like our art directors interface with them. Mm -hmm. So I just know them by their artwork and that's it. I don't know them as people. Well, I will say
2: um, we're planning on having a part two of that panel.
0: Yes. Oh really? Uh,
2: there's a there's a handful of panels. We're just starting to do the organization, so but uh, we're gonna try to bring some of the guests back and talk with and reconvene and like because I'll, there were a handful of panels where they're like, oh man, I wish I had another two hours to talk, and we're yeah. like, well, we that's can right. make that happen. So why yeah,
0: just 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 do like a like a round table, like a random exactly. roundtable. And Mark and
1: I also talked about more wrestling talk too. So
3: oh yeah, oh that's definitely <laughs> top of priority for me, my friend. <laughs> good, good.
1: Make sure the priorities are. are appropriate
0: here yeah y'all y'all must realize that i love you because i did watch the wrestling panel yes. so i appreciate that and i do not care for wrestling
3: <laughs> did you like wrestling more after
0: i I really liked it more after but i like all of you <laughs> and true. i find well no i what i will say is i always like hearing my friends talk about something they're passionate about yeah. absolutely so even if it's not my passion, I am all for hearing people talk about something that they just love for whatever reason. Like I have listened to my boyfriend talk about The Sopranos and Dragon Ball Z, and those are not things that I care about, but he loves them, and that's amazing. You know?
1: No, I'll also say the same thing. It's like That's one of the things that I love both about uh, VHC, but also some conventions in general is that to me, a good convention is when you have panels with people who are talking about like you said, stuff that they're passionate yeah. about. It doesn't matter if I'm into in the topic. I just like seeing people excited about something that they're really into. And there was a lot of that when I saw the VHC panels, both the ones I was on, the ones I kind of watched. Um and, and that's to me as a mark of a good mix for a convention. Yeah. And finding the right people and putting them in because like I said, I mean, who wouldn't I, I, I like the oddball panels at conventions. Like, you know, a wrestling yeah. panel at a horror con, that doesn't make sense. But it, you know, it, people are really into it because it's such a weird thing. Um, One of my favorite panels at a video game show I went to was one on community management. And the people on on there were just like, you know, we're going to give you 15 minutes of the official stuff and then we're going to talk about, oh my God, this is how Twitter works and we're really excited about the the, the metrics behind it. And and they're just like really into some of the nitty gritty of producing um, a social media strategy that I had no clue about. But I was suddenly interested because they were interested. So yeah, totally. When people are excited about a topic... That could just be fun in and of itself.
0: I think it was last year or the year before at DragonCon, but one of my friends went to a panel that was tea dueling. And then he came and sat with uh, like sat with us for lunch and told us about tea dueling for about 20 minutes. And I am now fascinated by tea dueling. Tea dueling? Like, but I'm also wow. fascinated. Tea dueling is where you each get a cup of tea yeah. and you dip a biscuit in it a certain amount. And then you have to like hold it without mm. it crumbling for a long time and whoever eats theirs first loses but if your biscuit crumbles you lose it's a whole Amazing. thing it's a, it's a real thing and it's weird
3: okay wow. um, at, at, at uh, midwinter con i heard about the the larp um for west wing then i heard that the, the <laughs> players of this larp are uh pretty bloodthirsty west wing fans and very passionate about west wing yes i can't stand west wing yep. but i want to connect i love to just so that I can like at least maybe glean some of that
0: positivity. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of like with, with wrestling, I don't dislike it. I am just kind of indifferent toward it. Like if it was on, I would watch it with people, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, I would just be like, okay, they are wrestling now. There are people.
1: But, But the flip side, I think like, for example, if, um, it's obviously not now, but, like, in the distant past, a million years ago, when we could meet in locations, we um, <laughs> used to have wrestling parties where we invite, like, a whole bunch of people over to watch wrestling. Yeah. And, like, the actual us engaging with the screen was, like, 2% yep. of the time. Right. <laughs> it's, know, right? Cool. it's just us talking shit about the wrestlers. Yeah. You know? Right.
0: All right. So we are, once again, off track, and I want to get this wrapped up soon here because oh, we're going a little mm. long. No, it's, it's fine. We just get <laughs> off track. That's what we do. Um, what? I will say, because uh, you've already talked about it, are we doing a VHC next year? Or maybe later this year? Is there going to be a sequel? There's going to be a
3: VHC2 next year.
2: Um, electric electric okay. Boogaloo. Ele- <laughs> Our Discord has been trying to figure out what the name for VHC2 is going to be, and uh, they haven't decided yet.
0: One of the things that we want to... But that, that's going to be but fun. Yes. Yeah,
1: VHC2, VH, VH harder. VH, <laughs> I like it.
3: Long, long live the new flesh. Um, but we're, <laughs> we're looking at... Um, We're looking at at strategically when to do it. Right now, Mm -hmm. it makes sense because obviously we're all in our houses, but it's really nice outside. So if this was not going on, it would be a lot different. So um, we're kind of talking internally on on when is the right date for the next BHC. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Maybe like a late January type thing or something where it's just gross outside. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Where everyone's
3: kind of stuck inside and it's kind of shitty and they they want something to do. And then we're also looking at how we can – Take um, all the cool stuff, all the cool panels, and how we can kind of replicate that or do something similar on just one of our regular Twitch episodes.
0: No, totally. That's that's an awesome thing going forward to kind of do little con- continuations of it. Um, if anybody wants to watch any of the virtual Horror con content, like I said, it's all at youtubecom gehenna gaming, um, or you can go to their Twitch, which is Gehenna Gaming. Uh, they have a website. It's all very easy to find because they use really good branding across all different platforms because um, we have a good
2: person in charge of marketing thank you
0: what <laughs> I'm, not that good. Oh, okay. I'm just okay Adequate, <laughs> would say. so if people wanted to find you personally mark not just gehenna gaming where would they do so
3: um the best way to get a hold of me is either through the gehenna gaming discord which i'm really active on um or on twitter at marchosius with fives instead of s's
0: and I will throw links to the Discord and to you in the show notes. Um, Ian, can people find you?
2: Oh yeah, no, you can find me at Ravnos on d- Twitter. Um, because I was a very <laughs> early adopter of Twitter and managed to get just just wow. Ravnos, just just Ravnos by itself. Why did
0: you get Ravnos and not Bali? Well, it's You're
2: hilarious right. because, in addition to that, Gangrel is actually my favorite clan. Oh, um, but mm. long story short, back when I first started playing vampire i was super into the ravnos and it kind of just became my online handle for like unreal tournament and all the other stuff i used to do um so i just that's that just stuck even though they're not my favorite clan right. mm-hmm. i do like them and i'm very excited to find out what happens with them in v5 hint 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 but um right <laughs> don't don't don't
0: hit at us talk to paradox
2: I, I would love to give you an answer for that but i don't know
0: yeah i'm not in charge of <laughs> V5? Jesus. Uh,
2: trust me, I have. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it just kind of worked out that way. So yeah, you can find me online at Ravnos or at Ravnos13 on like Instagram and several other things.
0: Yeah, and definitely check out their uh Twitch. What streams do y'all have coming out? This is coming out this Friday. Oh, so. Uh,
2: so as of Friday, let's see. Um actually Mark, I'll let you handle this.
3: Uh yeah, so I believe this Saturday we are having uh, our Cult Divinity Lost um, second episode stream on Sunday. We are going to be having an actual play of Forbidden Lands. On Monday, this is really exciting, we're going to be launching the very first, uh, I think, session zero of yep. uh, Monster Hearts 2. That is cool. Gehenna Valley High.
0: Ooh. Um <laughs> i definitely am like one of the people who was pushing monster hearts in your discord and everybody was like oh no it sounds like it has feelings and i'm like it's so good y'all <laughs> and now there's like a dedicated like romance drama channel in the discord sure. and like i'm responsible for that there are a lot of people who picked it up and ran with it but i was definitely one of the first people who was like this is a fun game you were like i oh, don't know admittedly i'm one of
3: those eye rollers that go uh monster hearts too is this a kissing game buh
2: <laughs> <laughs> which is why i'm the one who ended up being the first of the three of us to play it and i was like no this game True. is actually really fun yeah
3: yeah i was definitely sold after that yeah um
0: all right so you get Monster two on monday mm-hmm. and then tuesday thursday uh, tuesday Y'all do so much we do. content. Well, it,
2: this is this is where we're really ramping up. Uh, this is the first week we're going to have a Monday and a Wednesday stream. So, yeah, Monster Hearts 2 on Monday. Wow. Tuesday will be our usual either an interview or us talk doing some GM advice or things like that stream. Uh, Wednesday mm-hmm. will be our first world-building stream. It's Worlds and Crafts featuring um, one of our master storytellers, Bran. Cool. Thursday will probably either be... Um, myself playing uh, vampire the masquerade bloodlines one or we'll maybe do a one shot of something where we're working that the details out for that next week right now and then uh friday we have off and then we'll be back at it on saturday and sunday again
0: that's so much yeah. y'all are doing so much we
2: well you're the one who complained that all our st- our tuesday thursday streams were overlapping with eddie and jacob so we just decided to stream yeah, so every eddie. day of the week <laughs> Yeah. I
0: moved. And by he stream. moved his stream to Wednesday for me, just <laughs> really? so y'all That's know. So sweet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and he moved his stream to Wednesday so that I did not have to choose between three of my friends that I wanted to watch because I was sitting there like literally last Thursday. I sat here and I flipped between all three of them for like 15 minutes, and then I just got frustrated and turned them all off and went outside. I was like, <laughs> I can't. I can't pick. I can't pick. Well, I, I can't pick a favorite. I love you all. Your children. Uh, I'll,
1: um, I'll just say that all nine of my followers are very inconvenienced by the move. But
0: Hey, hey, hey. Rude, <laughs> nice. yeah, I I fine. wrote
3: an angry email. Don't worry, Dixie. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. Well, thank you both for coming on. Um, I know it was kind of last minute that we were like, "Hey, can we get y'all in here for an interview?" So thank you both for being so flexible and being able to do this. Um, I'm sorry that Rick couldn't join us, uh, so he can listen to this and have the same FOMO that you felt at Midwinter. Yeah. Um,
3: well, let's do let's exactly. do this. Let's have you let's have you guys um, on our Twitch or maybe on our forthcoming podcast. that's coming soon, and we can grill you. Totally. Oh, yeah. Speaking
2: of, I, uh, I would love in to. In addition be. to all the other Go fun ahead. stuff, this Sunday will be episode one of the Gehenna Gaming Podcast.
0: And what is that going to cover? Uh,
2: episode one will really be like kind of recap what Gehenna Gaming is, what we do, how we started, what our um, mission and core core focus is. But uh, f- from that mm-hmm. point forward, it'll really be um, our interviews and our GM advice streams, uh, audio capture. So
0: you're trying to edge into our territory is what you're telling me. That's right? what I'm
2: hearing. Yeah, yeah. we actually were.
3: You're our direct competitor, I... right?
0: <laughs> I now require you to put a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode that says "inspired by the Onyx Podcast." <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> we're gonna have we're
3: gonna have links to to Onyx Path in every single episode description.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's oh, okay. That's, that's I guess one. that's okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> thank you. Thank
3: you. Thank <laughs> you. All right.
0: But seriously, thank you both for coming on. I am mm-hmm. gonna wrap this up now. Um, so, Eddie, where can people find you? Follow you?
1: Uh, people can find me online at uh, pugsteady or you can find me on Twitter at pugsteady p u g s t e d d y.
0: You and your things you always have to spell. I don't know why you do to yourself. Uh, you can find me, as always, at Dixie Cyanide. Uh, you can find us at theonyxpath.com, the Onyxpath on pretty much all social media. And as always, many worlds, one pathcast.